you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And indeed, we are here for you five days a week during the Mizzou football season, free on all platforms. So tell all your friends to get out there and follow, subscribe for free on, again, all the platforms you can possibly imagine. But you know what? On today's episode, we're going to do a bit of a deep dive on Missouri's first opponents. And of course, that is the Central Michigan Chippewas without a lot of Missouri-specific news the last few days. This seems like the perfect time to dive into Jim McElwain's squad, his third season, in fact, in Mount Pleasant, Michigan in 2019, his first season. He led the Chippewas to a pretty great turnaround. In 2018, they won one game and started off his tenure pretty roughly as well, but they turned it around, winning six of their last seven for an eight-win season and a berth in the New Mexico Bowl. Now, the 2020 season was a bit more of a rebuilding year for the Chips. They had one of the worst pass defenses, at least statistically, in FBS. But, of course, keep in mind, hard to exactly know what to think of anybody in the MAC from last season. Not only is that a shortened six-game schedule in 2020 because of because of COVID-19, of course, but only playing other MAC teams, hard to gauge exactly how good that conference was last year, and just obviously a even smaller sample size than usual. So it seems to me that based on the fact that Missouri is less than a two-touchdown favorite, just so slightly at this point, 13-and-a-half last I checked, over at betonline.ag, it seems like the Chippewas are getting that respect based on the 2019 season more than the 2020 3-3 campaign. Now, certainly there's a lot of returning talent, especially on the offensive side of the ball for Central Michigan But quarterback, at least officially, is unsettled right now. One of the reasons for that, last season's starter, Ty Brock, well, recently announced on on Instagram that he's stepping away from the game. He gave no blame towards Central Michigan, the coaches, anybody like that, gave lots of praise to his teammates, but said, quote, at the end of the day, I've come to realize that football just isn't my passion anymore you got to wonder if a kid from Texas transfer from Sam Houston State, you know, with the whole weird COVID-19 2020 season, if maybe he just got a little homesick too, quite honestly. But regardless, Ty Brock no longer on the team. Brock started the one game I broke down fully from the 2020 season, a 24-23 loss to Toledo at the Glass Bowl, by the way. Did you know that Toledo Stadium is called the Glass Bowl, by the way? Oh, groovy, man. Far out. I love it. But seriously, make your own cannabis jokes there. They're a little too obvious for me right now. But uh, on another more serious note, not only did Ty Brock step away because, well, apparently he just wasn't in a great mental place, just didn't love football anymore, whatever it might be. Well, 
John Keller, another quarterback for them. You may remember a few months ago, this story ran on ESPN and other places nationally. He was shot in the chest, a real serious incident. He was in intensive care for a couple weeks, I believe. Fortunately, the guys recovered accidentally shot after you know a stray bullet some some jerk who gets into a fight goes back to his truck and gets a or his vehicle and gets a gun you know accidentally shoots this uninvolved kid who's playing quarterback for central michigan well i wouldn't expect him to be out there this season necessarily he's apparently lost a ton of weight so again sounds like jacob sermon a washington huskies transfer he's probably your presumptive starter what he has in the bag, I really have no idea, having attempted just four passes at his time in Washington. What I will say is if last year's offense was any indication for what the 2021 Chippewas attack will look like, well, I would expect a lot of conservative play calls, rotating guys who actually take snaps at quarterback, and frankly, the amount of respect that Jim McElwain is getting as a coach is a little bit confusing to me right now. That seems to be the conventional wisdom is that, well, yes, Jim McElwain, while it didn't work out at the University of Florida, for a guy in the group of five, well, he seems like a solid head coach. Frankly, after watching him, to say that he blew the game might be a little strong, he certainly didn't win him the game, that's for sure. I, I just don't have the same level of respect for Jim McElwain, especially as an offensive mind that a lot of people on the Mizzou beat do. And you know what? Speaking of Jim McElwain, hey, remember this bizarre period in SEC college football history when Jim McElwain was asked the following question at the 2017 SEC Media Days? Hopefully we'll never experience this. Can you tell me what it's like to wake up and realize that you're going to have to answer questions about whether you were nude on top of a shark? <laughs> you know, I love the humor in it, all right? And yet, you know what? What it did that actually not only attacked the university, but attacked my family, when you know it's not you, you know, I bust chops with the best of them now. And yet... uh when it got personal? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that was a real thing that happened. I had to share you the sound just so you wouldn't doubt me. That was an actual question in Hoover, Alabama. And you know what? I'll give you my take on the great Jim McElwain nude shark controversy. But first... Oh, and my sponsors are going to love that transition. I got to tell you about Sweat Block because here's the deal. You guys know what it is. It's five days until Missouri takes on the Chippewas in the opening game. And guess what? It's already looking like a 90-degree day at 3 p.m. Well, you know what? If you used a Sweat Block wipe right now, it would work on Saturday because these things work for up to seven days per use. Their dry shirt guarantee of sweat block doesn't keep you dry. Well, you get your money back. It's as simple as that. And if it's good enough for Rachel Ray and the fine firefighters that appeared on her show to test this great product, well, I think it should be good enough 
for all of us armchair quarterbacks as well. So wear that favorite Mizzou shirt, your lucky Mizzou shirt, with confidence this Saturday with Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon or CVS. As much as I hate to ruin the joke, and I really do because <laughs> the college football Twitterverse, the Reddit sphere, all that good stuff on the internet, all of those Photoshoppers out there certainly had a lot of fun with that bizarre picture of, well, whoever that nude man was on top of a dead shark in a fishing boat. A lot of fun was had, for sure, by the memers. But I got to say, that doesn't look like Jim McElwain to me. That nude fella, and yes, I spent too much time looking at this unattractive person, but that guy has curly hair. I don't see Jim McElwain with curly hair. That's my simple, simple reasoning there. But let's move on to a more important topic, which is Jim McElwain as an actual football coach. And to me, gosh, Toledo should not have won that football game against Central Michigan, the last game of the season, once again in the in the classic glass bowl. I I just thought he was too conservative. And the amount of just the level of conservatism and just his play calling, his strategy, his lack of going for it on fourth and two and fourth and third fourth and three, those type of situations. Frankly, it makes me feel a lot better about Missouri's chances because, as I mentioned earlier, Central Michigan had a bad defense last year. In particular, their pass defense was statistically horrible, one of the worst in all of FCS. Or, excuse me, FBS. I still mess that up occasionally. Can I just go with Division One? Are we cool with that? Well, Regardless, Division I FBS, Central Michigan was a bad pass defense. So, just from a strategic perspective, the fact that on every third and eight, every third and ten, the Chippewas were basically either running the football or throwing some kind of screen pass, looking like they were afraid to put Ty Brock in any kind of position to succeed, well... That just makes me think, hey, the upset, all of a sudden, not so likely. Because I think Eli Drinkwitz, now with one season under his belt, with Connor Bazelak, with a season as a starting quarterback, I just don't think Missouri is going to make enough mistakes in this football game for Central Michigan to win. Now, regardless of who actually starts a quarterback for Central Michigan, I think you'll see a lot of guys taking wildcat snaps. In particular, Khalil Pimpleton, who's number 88, admits he's about five foot seven, even though he's listed at five foot nine. He's a really good athlete, but again, a smaller guy. Their punt returner, their kick returner, he's also their leading receiver as well. Well, when he plays the wildcat quarterback, you do have to keep in mind if you're a Missouri defender that he will throw the football. Now, his decision-making throwing that football at times is a bit suspect, especially when he tries to draw in defenders by using his legs and then shovel-passing it to a running back or a tight end. Boy, there's not a lot of steam on those shovel passes, and they were nearly picked off a couple times. Really dangerous stuff to just try to get a few yards there. But again, 
It could be Darius Bracey as well, a running back who took some direct snaps. Well, Pimpleton would often be the jet sweep player in that scenario. And if he's running to the right, again, keep in mind, if he gets the ball, he's a threat to throw the football. They had a couple big plays down the field just because simply the defense forgot that, oh yeah, this number 88, he can actually throw it. That usually doesn't happen, a guy with that jersey number. But Pimpleton, who was first team all-Mac at receiver in 2019, second team last year, he's a weapon. Guy played his freshman year at Virginia Tech. Has a, has There's some NFL guys who he's certainly on the NFL radar, let's put it that way. A small guy, a, probably a gadget player at that level, but still, somebody if you're Missouri, you got to keep your eyes on him. And by the way, Derek Smith, who was going to be a sixth-year offensive lineman with 21 straight starts, he was second-team All-Mac last year, Well, just last week, that young man decided to enter the transfer portal for Central Michigan. I've got to think that's a pretty big blow to their offensive line. So, to me, that's really going to hurt what I believe the Chippewas strategy will be against the Tigers in week one. And I want to talk a little bit more about what I suspect Jim McElwain will be drawing up for Mizzou. But first, I want to tell you about Build Bar, which is, in fact the greatest protein bar ever made. It's certainly the best tasting, and I say in fact and I mean it. We've done science, and it's all it's all true. I've got the science to back it up. Don't actually look that up. But seriously, though, Build Bar, it's nine delicious flavors, plus occasional limited-time flavors. Just keep your book, just bookmark Built.com. That's what you need to do. Built.com, BuildBar.com, Either website will get you home. I know I've used both URLs in the past. Well, guess what? The reason for that is they both work. They've thought of everything over at Built Bar. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, definitely get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. So go to BuildBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And quickly, I want to tell you about all the great deals over at BetOnline.ag with football just around the corner. Well, BetOnline has it all for you, including Online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the Earth's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo as well. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th opener between the Bucks and the Cowboys. And if you lose, you'll get your money back up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100 from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 campaign. At Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So I wasn't exactly blown away by Jim McElwain's offensive innovations, or really lack thereof, because if you're really relying on a wildcat heavy offense in 2021, 
I, I just don't understand it. Is this 2008 again all of a sudden? By the way, speaking of 2008, that takes me back. Let me tell you, that was an interesting year to be a futures trader in Chicago. But you know what? I digress. The point is, I just think McIlwain is stuck in an era of football that is 10 years old at this point. How is he not realizing that, hey, guess what? We're 3-2. and two. Well, There's really nothing on the line in this season. How about we actually try to win instead of, I don't know, try to not lose and what, protect my job at Central Michigan? Just based on what I saw in that Toledo game once again, I've got to assume that we're going to see a lot of runs on first down and a lot of handoffs on second down as well. Even if it's second and 13, I think Jim McElwain will probably be handing the ball off or at the very least doing some some kind of wildcat gadget play. And for me, I just find that type of offense gross. I think it's embarrassing in 2021 that your best way – it's almost like Vic Fangio, right, with Drew Locke. Okay, All, lots of coaches to me fall into this into this horrible trap of, okay, I don't have a quarterback that I trust on third and long. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to run the ball on first and second down to get them into quote-unquote manageable third down positions. But you know what? Most guys like Drew Locke, especially if you actually give them the option of a play-action pass on first down, well, they're going to be more effective on first and 10 throwing the ball than they are on third and 10. So to me, the logic is just backwards there. Also, multiple times, fourth and two, fourth and three, deep in Toledo Rocket territory, McIlwain could have gone for it. Again, in a one-point loss, he chooses to settle for field goals. And what happens? Well, they ultimately lose the game by a point. And just simple math there, when you really think about it, I just think at times people in this society just aren't great at calculating risk. Because it's like, okay, listen, they made, I'll give, first of all, I'll give the Central Michigan kicker a lot of credit. He made a 50-yarder. He made a couple clutch kicks that were short, too. So he went three for three. Good for him. How often do college kickers actually make three consecutive field goals? I would argue, what, less than 75% of the time, right? So even under that best-case scenario where you get all three field goals, well, that's nine points. Let's say they went for it two out of three times. I understand there was a 50-yard field goal in there, so that's not really – this is a hypothetical scenario. My point is if you get one out of three and you score a touchdown, well, that's seven points to nine. Not even factoring in, oh, you could have gotten more. You could have gotten 14 or even 21. See, 21 is your ultimate ceiling. If you're going to put your ceiling at nine points versus 21, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And the other thing you have to factor in is not only are college kickers very unreliable traditionally, well, there's also the fact that field position matters too. Perhaps the Chippewas would have been stuffed on fourth and two, and the results-based announcers would have certainly said, oh, you, you got to just take the points there. But, of course, they never factor in that you're giving Toledo the ball on their own 5- or 10-yard line and that your odds of actually scoring from that position on the field aren't very good, especially when to give 
to give Jim McElwain a slight benefit of the doubt, as bad as their pass defense was overall statistically, they were at least getting good pass rush on Toledo. They had several sacks in the ball game for several pressures. So at least there was a chance there for your defense to do something. All the more reason to not play so conservatively, in my humble opinion. If you're a good running team, like apparently Jim McElwain believes that his team was, well then pick up a fourth and two and go win the game. That's just my opinion. I could totally be wrong. You could totally disagree with me. But I just think in general, people are much more likely to look at the downside of something and being blinded by the downside of a decision gone wrong than the upside of a decision gone right, which if your upside is way, way, way bigger than the downside, I think you always have to be more aggressive. That's just me. So with all that being said, I'm definitely feeling more confident about the Tigers heading into week one here, just looking at what Central Michigan has to offer. If they had some innovative offense, a good passing game that made me nervous with a new defense, a new defensive scheme, new defensive coordinator, you never know what can happen in that first week, especially with not a lot of live tackling these days. But I tell you what, after watching Central Michigan, I think they're a little bit overrated by the Mizzou beat in general. We'll see what happens. Certainly that offense isn't doing a lot to scare me at this moment. I also have faith in Eli and Basilak, frankly, to not blow this game. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully, I won't be eating these words in a few days. By the way, in just five days, we'll be kicking off. And I'll have it all here for you on Locked on Mizzou.